White Sox Weekly, your two-hour all-access pass to everything White Sox. And it's pretty deep out and left, and this ball is gone. How about that? How about that timing? <laughs> this presentation of the ESPN 1000 Chicago White Sox Network is brought to you by Wintrust Bank and Mazda of Orland Park. Good afternoon. Welcome on in. It is White Sox Weekly here on ESPN 1000, also on 100.3 HD2. White Sox, big winners last night. We've got a couple hours to talk about it. 312-332-3776. Taking your phone calls, we got a lot to talk about. The White Sox, 52-35. and 35. They hold on to their seven-and-a-half game lead in the American League Central Division over Cleveland as uh, it was close for a while there, and then the White Sox broke out the big bats late. They scored four in the sixth, three in the seventh, three more in the ninth inning. The White Sox go on to a nice, comfortable 12-1 to win. The White Sox bats the last two games have pounded out 30 hits, 15 on Wednesday, 15 more uh, last night. We'll be talking with Connor McKnight, who is doing the uh, game along with Len Casper. He'll join us a little after 1 o'clock. Uh, we've got a lot to discuss as the White Sox are wrapping up their, well, they call it the first half of the season. It's the games before the All-Star break. The All-Star break coming up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then those Houston Astros. we got some payback for those Houston Astros, don't we? Sox fans as the Astros come a calling next Friday at Guaranteed Rate Field. The White Sox looking forward to that. And I think a lot of the White Sox fans looking forward to it too after what happened down in Houston a month or so ago. And though the White Sox looking to beat these the better teams in all of baseball. Right now they're taking care of their division. They're taking care of the Baltimore Orioles. They did last night, and it was so nice to see so many highlights from the game last night. Among them, Adam Engel coming back uh, his second straight game. He had two hits in his first game back. He had belts a home run, a sack fly, drove in four yesterday. You also had Jose Abreu with a couple of hits. He drove in three runs. Andrew Vaughn, three for five. And then Gavin Sheets, back where he played, back where his pappy played, back where Larry Sheets played. And Gavin Sheets grew up in the Baltimore area. He's actually homered at Camden Yards before when he was 15, 16 years old. And what's he do late in the contest? He belts one a home run. So nice to see for young Gavin Sheets. And constantly, this White Sox team just keeps putting guys out there, calling guys up from the minors, and they're doing the job. The White Sox, with that 52-35 and 35 record, they keep getting victories. They keep winning the games they need to win. And um, a comfortable lead. And it's comfortable as long as they keep rolling and keep winning. They'll all take a little break, except for, well, it was three of them, but now it's four of them that will have some work to do at the All-Star game. As the White Sox had uh, three pitchers going to the All-Star game, as you had Liam Hendricks, the reliever for the White Sox, going, and a couple of starters, and why not? The first halves of the season that Carlos Rodon and Lance Lynn are having, they definitely deserve to call to the All-Star game. The White Sox right now going into the All-Star break. They have four starting pitchers already with 100 or more strikeouts. That's before Lucas Cialito takes the mound later on today. So that's great to see. 
Cannot wait to see how the White Sox do these last two games. You got Giolito going today. Uh, as the game gets underway around 3.05, we got the pregame for you at 2.30. We'll lead you right up to uh, Connor's pregame show. And also, you will have uh, Dylan Cease going tomorrow to wrap up that first half. Then it's a break for four of the players and um, a break for everybody. Four of them, not so much. And I've mentioned three of them. But we'll also another one added earlier today. As Tim Anderson gets to go to the All-Star game, uh, the All-Star appointment to Tim Anderson came via the player ballot. He's replacing the player that was elected, Carlos Correa of Houston. Uh, this happened at an announcement earlier today as they announced a bunch of guys jumping on in to the All-Star game. So we are hoping to talk to Tim Anderson in just a little bit here on ESPN 1000. Don't forget, you can join us on Friday, July 16th for Rock and Roll Night and Fireworks, presented by Guaranteed Rate as the White Sox host those Astros. 7-10 start, Guaranteed Rate, faster results, faster way home. Get started today at rate.com. To purchase tickets, visit White Sox. Dot com three one two three three two three seven seven six. You can jump on in as um, the White Sox and Orioles go at it again today. And like I said, you you had a game earlier this week, and you saw the White Sox. The bats were silent. Three hits in their game on Wednesday. They still got a victory. They still got a four one victory as they knocked off Minnesota. Then a six one win, pounding out fifteen hits. And that was good to see. And then last night, 15 more hits for the White Sox. Everybody up and down the order getting hits. All the starters had at least one hit yesterday. And then I like the job that Tony LaRussa did late in the game. The players had Thursday off. They've got two more games to the break. So what does Tony do? He brings Mendick in. He brings Berger in. He puts Collins in to pinch hit. He also brings Gavin Sheets, who is a DH. He puts him out into the outfield. I thought very, very cool getting all these guys some action, some work as they get to go to the break. Now, Zach Collins expected to be behind the plate today. Sebi Zavala will be back uh, behind it tomorrow as he will be catching um, Dylan Cease in the final game before the break. But so many great things to talk about with this White Sox team, and things are only going to get better as Aloy Jimenez is um, getting ready. He was supposed to start for the Winston-Salem squad last night. The dash was rained out, so they're going to play today. He'll uh, doubleheader on Saturday. That's today. Um, He'll be DH today, and then reportedly will be the left fielder on Sunday. He's beginning his rehab start. Could be back in three weeks. He said the other day, he said, I'm not 100%. I'm not 100. I'm 200%. He said he feels better than he did when he went to spring training. He went out with a left pectoral uh, muscle, had to have surgery on that. That was all the way back at the end of March, March 30th, and now he's on his way back. And Luis Robert, well, he's had that grade three strain of the right hip flexor. And could you imagine this lineup, the way it's going right now with the White Sox with the 52-35 and mark and getting Aloy Jimenez and getting Luis Robert back? Along with the way all these youngsters have come up from the minor leagues and helped out and jumped on in. Um, it's been awesome. 312-332-3776. We'll get your calls in a couple minutes. We're also going to be talking, as I mentioned, with Tim Anderson, the newest member of the All-Stars, as they get a chance to go to Coors Field. And I don't know about anybody else, but a lot of times I'm not really into the home run derby. But after Otani hit one to the moon yesterday in Seattle, the third deck in right field, and playing in the light air, 
of Colorado. I'm really eager to see how the balls are going to be jumping when they have the home run derby contest. And the other thing that a lot of people miss when it comes to the All-Star game and All-Star weekend, a lot of people don't pay attention to the Futures game. Now, Jake Berger was supposed to be in the Futures game. But you know what? Being in the big leagues, kind of a better deal than being in the Futures game. The Futures game is going to be played Sunday afternoon. If you get a chance, throw I think it's on MLB Network, throw in, you know, it used to be throw in a videotape. Now just set your DVR and um, because you never know. Guys you see in that game, they're all going to be in the show. They're all going to be in the big leagues. That's the first time I had a chance to see Eloy Jimenez as he was playing for the Cubs. He was playing right field, and we should have known because Jimenez went all the way down to the right field line, a right field corner, caught a ball, and fell over the wall. We should have known Eloy had those. Uh, we all thought it was just a great play, and uh, we've seen that Eloy has some escapades when he's playing the outfield. Hopefully things will change a little bit. you got to keep the big guy healthy. you got to keep the beast, as he likes to refer to himself, or at least he did before he came to the bigs. you got to keep the beast healthy. And that's going to be key for the White Sox going down the stretch because August, September, not going to be easy for this White Sox squad. You want, to, you want to be playing your best ball when you get to the playoffs. And right now, the White Sox, with the pitching staff they have, I just saw a stat from a Chuck Garfine a little bit earlier, the starter ERA for the White Sox, second best in the American League, a 338 starters earned run average. That's awesome. That's the way that this White Sox team is going to win. You're going to win by pitching and defense. They always tell you that. Hitting's going to do a lot for you. You can pound the ball, but you need pitchers. And we're hoping that the White Sox bullpen steps up. Speaking of bullpens, how nice is it to have Michael Kopech coming back? You see Kopech last night. Kopech just throwing the heck out of the ball, striking out the side when he came in in the eighth inning. But before we talk more about Kopech and before we talk about Foster and all the white, good things the White Sox did, let's bring in the newest member of the American League All-Star squad, Tim Anderson, joining us here on White Sox Weekly. Tim, how you doing today? I'm doing good. How are we doing? I'm doing wonderful. How excited are you going to your first All-Star game? I mean, I'm excited. Um, you know, I'm excited for the experience, man. Just to, you know, man, you are, you are there with the best of the best. So, you know, it's going it's to be a pretty cool experience for me. Uh, when you were growing up, did you watch the All Star Game? Was it one of the games you made sure you watched each year? Uh, no, I more so watched the Home Run Derby. I'm okay, the Home Run Derby guy. Growing up, so so the Home Run Derby. I always thought it'd be great if they had more of like a skills competition, like they have for the NBA. You yeah. know, fielding, throwing the ball in certain spots like that. The Home Run Derby. They always pick the the big guys, but um, I don't know. It's going to be tough beating Otani. That's going to be fun to be sitting there watching, it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely excited for it. We're going to see what happens. Uh, so of of all those things, all the things you can anticipate, I know it's just happened within the last 16 hours that uh, you know you're going, but what are you looking most forward to? Uh, just, just really overall experience, you know, get to enjoy the moment with, you know, my family and my kids. Um, you know, man, not everybody, you know, not everybody get an all-star in their belt. So, you know, I'm excited for the first one. Um, and, you know, just, just going to go there and enjoy it and, um, you know, make a lot of memories. They talk about uh, the White Sox changing the game and the way the White Sox have been playing here so far in the first half. You got a 52 and 35 record. Things seems to be working. I'm looking at the top of the order. You got you and you got Moncada and you got Abreu. Then the next six guys, these guys have all been in and out. How surprised are you that with all the changes, all the injuries, that you guys are where you are right now? 
Uh, not surprised. You know, man. When you, when you, you know, I came up in this organization, so you know, I know, I, I know these these guys grind. I know they hustle. I know, you know, uh, how they work. So uh, just to see, you know, some of these the younger guys come up and and just fill in, like you know, uh, no one's been missing. Um, it says a lot of them. You know, they've been working, and uh, you know, we've been grinding from day one since spring training. So you know, ain't nothing changed really. It's um, you you look at it. Is it something that's instilled in the team? I mean, these guys are all guys that are coming up, like you said. You got Berger who comes up, and Sheets that comes up, Sebi Zavala comes up. All these guys. Is this something that's instilled in the team before they come up? You guys don't have to talk to a guy when he gets here. He knows what to do. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you, you, if, if you look at the way that Pito play, you look at the way that you know uh, some of these guys play. I mean, it's easy to just follow. I mean, it's just step in and just uh, you know keep rolling. Uh, you know, we we leave it open for these guys to you know come up and beat us, beat themselves 100. percent You know, so that way that you know ain't no jitters and, and no nerves. You just out there having fun. I'm looking here. You had three hits last night. You scored three times. You got a 3.12 average. You drove in a couple of runs. It seems like over the last couple of weeks, last two weeks, you got that 10 game hitting streak. Have you just been trying to put the ball in play, go the other way. Have you done anything different the last ten games? No, I've just been trying to see ball, hit ball, keeping it simple. <laughs> That's the way it works, right? Just see ball, yeah. hit ball. You, yeah, you, 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 walk in on my spot and don't miss it. Yeah, and, and it's funny too because you, it, when you do see one, because a lot of times people talk about you swinging the first pitch, especially early in games. And right. I'm listening to I'm listening to the broadcast sometimes here on ESPN 1000, and they're saying it's hey Tim Anderson took that first pitch. But if that one, if the guy comes with a fastball over the middle of the plate, you're you're going first pitch, right? Yeah, ain't no sense waiting around. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing them giving him a strike for what? <laughs> <laughs> if I can hit it. <laughs> I, I, there's no doubt. I'm looking here. You're not the guy. You don't take the most walks on the team. There's a lot of guys that take walks on the team. I'm looking here. This, the, the Sox have had ten or seven games this year where they've walked four or more times in an inning. It happened again last night with a lot of walks. Is this patient at the plate by some of these guys? Is that one of the big keys to getting guys on base and, and doing what you guys have done so far this season? Yeah, and, uh, you know, really just waiting around for that mistake. And uh, you know when he, when that pitcher make a mistake, you know we we capitalize off of it, and uh, so therefore we're getting good pitches to hit. When uh, a lot of times when people are growing up, they said you win games on pitching and defense, and I got to tell you, your defense has been amazing. And is that something you've worked on over the last several years? Yeah, I've been working. I've been working. Um, you go back and look at the track record, you you see where I led the league, and uh, you know errors. <laughs> and I've been up there for a few years, so. It's only right just to continue to keep working and, uh, you know, trying to time that game, that area of my game up. Just two more quick things. Uh, you've got different guys at second base, it seems like, on a, on a daily basis. you got Mendick sometimes. We had Nick Madrigal. Unfortunately, he'll be gone for the rest of the season. you got Lurie Garcia. Does it matter to you? Do you have a pretty good uh, relationship with all these guys in the, in the shortstop second base positions? Yeah, it don't matter. Just just give me the ball, and I'll get you the ball, and we're going to roll it up. <laughs> there was there was some there was a nice there was a nice double play last night after Keuchel had a couple guys get on base. You guys turned a nice six four three, put an end to that, and that was a little a little concerning. But uh, Keuchel, you know when he's out there, you're going to get the ground ball. You're going to get a lot of balls throughout the game, right? Yeah, so I make sure I'm loose that day. Yeah, and <laughs> one last thing, how I mean, first place, seven and a half game lead. How excited are you and the rest of the team that in maybe three weeks, maybe four weeks, you get guys like Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert back? Uh, it's going to be exciting, you know, to have those those bats back in our lineup. Uh, just an opportunity for us to be more dangerous.
more dangerous you and you scoring a lot more runs i can see that coming here in the second half tim congratulations going to the all-star game it'll be a lot of fun enjoy each and every minute we uh, appreciate you jumping on i know it's a busy day go on out there and take a couple more against baltimore this next couple games okay uh- I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Tim. Tim Anderson, newest All-Star for the uh, Chicago White Sox. He gets added to the American League All-Star squad along with Lance Lynn, Carlos Rodon, and also Liam Hendricks. We'll get to your calls. We'll talk uh, with Connor McKnight a little after 1 o'clock. Connor usually sitting here doing uh, the White Sox weekly show, but this week he's working with Len Casper this weekend doing the games. He had the chance to have the – he was on the call for the uh, Gavin Sheets home run last night. We'll hear that a little bit later on. Probably going into Connor. That would be perfect to play that going in. Uh, we'll take your calls. 312-332-3776. Your thoughts on Tim Anderson going. There were three other American League All-Star shortstops picked before him that were on this team. We'll break down what their stats look like, what TA stats look like. We'll also have a Len Asks. We've got a lot of things to do. We're here until 2.30, leading you up to White Sox pregame show right here on ESPN 1000 and the White Sox Network. Like ESPN Chicago on Facebook. Welcome back in. It's White Sox Weekly here on ESPN 1000 and the White Sox Network. Fred Hubner in for Connor McKnight. We'll talk to Connor in about 10 minutes uh, as he was doing the games with Len Casper this weekend. DJ gets his uh, all-star break started a little bit early. Sox fans, for one week only, you can save up to 40% on a diamond suite to select games for the second half of the season. Lock in your summer outing and take advantage of our customizable menu, scoreboard message, parking passes, and more. For more information, visit whitesox.com slash flash sale. 312-332-3776. We'll take a look at the American League shortstops that were on the list before Tim Anderson got added to it as the Houston Astros players, four of them deciding not to play in the All-Star game. We'll talk about that. Take your calls. 312-332-3776. Let's go first to Dennis. Dennis, what's happening today? Yes, I just want to say Fred Eubner. And the other uh, gentleman um, that's in Baltimore right now filling in, and 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 Darren Connor. Jackson and yeah. Len Casper. The I, I challenge anybody who listens to baseball announcers to say that the, there's anyone equal or better than the four four of you, Fred. Dennis, I appreciate it. What's going on? What What do you think about this White Sox team? A big, a w- I think nice they're win last phenomenal, night. and, and I, I didn't expect them to be in full gear. You know, I thought maybe they might have an, might come later in the season. They might fulfill the things that they're doing consistently. The consistency of the White Sox in all aspects uh, amazes me, and I'm I'm thrilled for the White Sox and as a Cub fan too. I am just so thrilled for Tony Larusa also. Yeah, and Dennis, we appreciate the call. Thanks a lot for hanging in there. Thanks for all the kind words. I was talking about it, and uh, we'll talk to Connor about it too because look how amazing it is. The top three guys in the White Sox order: Anderson, Moncada, and Abreu. Then after that. Last night, you had Goodwin, Engel, Garcia, Vaughn, Sheets, and um, Sebi Zavala. So you don't have your, your um, Yasmani Grandal. You don't have Madrigal. You don't have Jimenez. You don't have Luis Robert. All these injuries, and the White Sox have still been able to move forward. 
and uh, Anderson with the 10-game hitting streak. Moncada yesterday, he walked a couple of times. He was one for three, um, scored a couple of runs. And Abreu doing it again. He just loves those RBIs, 64 of them now, as he drove in three. Uh, he had a double, a single, uh, walked a couple of times. He was on, a, on base four of the five times he strolled to the plate. So nice to see from Jose Abreu. 312-332-3776. The other guys that are on the um the other guys that were all-star shortstops in the American League. Xander Bogarts, a 2.8 war slash a 321-382-530, 13 homers, 49 RBIs. Bo Bichette, a 3.3 war, 294, 344, 489. And Carlos Correa, a 3.9 war, wins above replacement. Hitting 288, on base at 385 and 510, 16 homers and 52 runs batted in. Now, they all had better power numbers. They all had better home runs and RBIs than Tim Anderson, who has six homers, 31 runs batted in. Anderson's war, 2.2, which is lower than the other three. But he's hitting 312. Only Bogarts is hitting higher than that. His on base is 350, better than Bichette's. His slug, as I mentioned, because he's only got six homers, his slug below the other three. But as we, as Tim Anderson mentioned too, the defense and the way he's been playing defensively has been huge. Anybody that knows they've been listening, and Anderson mentioned it, he knew it too. He led the league in hits a couple of years ago and also led the league in errors. And because of that, he's been working hard at improving his defense. Right now, through 71 games that he's played, five errors, okay? Fernando Tatis, all the rave. He's got 19 errors for the San Diego Padres. A 38-error season is not exactly what you want from a shortstop in Major League Baseball. I know, I know. He's got a lot of other things that make up for it. Um We'll talk more about the All-Stars. We'll talk more about T.A. Got a lot to get into. But um, I wanted to take some time because we always do on this segment, a, uh, or on this show, a segment called Len Asks. So Len Casper from the broadcast booth has a question for you all. With Tim Anderson making the All-Star team as an injury replacement for Carlos Correa, who would be the other top candidate off this White Sox roster to make the team as a replacement? Jose Abreu? Yoan Moncada? Maybe you have another idea. Let us know. That's Len asks. They'll do it again in the, later in the game. Um, so stick around. Come up with some ideas. Uh, Abreu, you also have Moncada. So um, interesting. Interesting to see exactly who could be another guy added to that squad. Uh, Connor McKnight's going to join us. Lots to discuss as the White Sox look to get to the break with a couple more wins. Now, when I first saw this trip, this nine-game road trip, Detroit, Minnesota, Baltimore, I'm going, okay, let's go 7-2. and two. Well, right now, they're 4-3. and three. So the best they can do is 6-3, and three, and that's taking the next two from Baltimore. We'll see if, in fact, they can do that. Before we get any further, let's pause 10 seconds for stations to identify themselves along the uh, White Sox network. From the First Midwest Bank State Street Studio, this is the home of the White Sox. ESPN 1000. WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. So lots to get into here on White Sox Weekly. There always is something that got to you early in the week. They had an interesting game against Barrios and the Twins. They weren't getting any hits, but they ended up with a 4-1 win, managing just a few hits in the contest 
only, um, let me see here, only three hits for the game. Pretty amazing to win a game uh, and score four runs with only three hits. But the White Sox, again, yesterday, the stat I threw out there about um, seven times this year, Sox have had four walks or more in an inning. They did it yesterday in that big inning in the sixth. They scored four runs. You had Vaughn walk, Sheets walk, a sacrifice from Sebi Zavala, a real nice one, too. Then Anderson with a double, driving in some runs. Moncada with a walk. Abreu with a walk. Goodwin with a walk. A sack fly. And then a strikeout to end the inning. But the White Sox with five walks in that inning. They scored four runs on one hit. Hopefully they get more hits today. They get more runs. We'll see what they can do to support Lucas Giolito. Giolito taking the bump with a 6-6 six and six mark. A 4.20 earned run average. He goes against Thomas Eshelman. Uh, he's 0-1 with a 7-16, just a couple of games for the Orioles. Sox trying to make it four straight victories. 3-1-2-3-3-2-3-7-7-6. White Sox Weekly, Fred Huebner with you. We're going to talk to Connor McKnight from the booth as he is doing the game along with Len Casper today. He'll also be here for the pregame beginning at 2.30. We'll get to him when we come back after this on ESPN 1000 and the White Sox Network. Carmen and Yurko, 10 to noon, ESPN 1000. Welcome back in. It's White Sox Weekly here on ESPN 1000 and the White Sox Network. The White Sox coming off a big 12-1 to win last night. A lot of highlights in that game last night, but um, I think one of the biggest highlights, we, what we were waiting for, is um, when Gavin Sheets came to the plate late in the contest. Man, that was As the two ones thrown in, driven out to right. Back goes the right fielder. It is gone. Gavin Sheets has hit a home run in the ballpark he grew up in. 7-1 White Sox. Gavin's got his dad in the ballpark. His third home run of the season. He's all smiles and high fives heading back into the White Sox dugout. What a moment. Really, can it can it be any better than that? I don't know. Maybe you can hit, hit a few more the next couple of days. Uh, the guy on the call, Connor McKnight, joins us right here on ESPN 1000 and uh, White Sox Weekly. Connor, um, it couldn't have worked any better. Talk about storybook. It could be written just about last night's game. No, it was really kind of something, Fred. Thanks for having me. Uh, Gavin Sheets said after he hit the homer, as I'm sure you've talked about, that the first guy he saw after he crossed home plate was his dad. So that's pretty awesome. You're crying. I'm not crying. You're crying. I mean, that's just like what a what a cool moment for a kid who spent his youth growing up here rooting for the Orioles. I mean, you know, Fred, that in this business, whether you're a ball player or a broadcaster or a coach or what have you, you grow up and you, you start working for a ball club, you start playing for a team, and you shed some of that fandom. But every now and again, there's little things and little connections that pop up that make you feel and kind of emote for the team that you grew up rooting for. And, and that, that was kind of tonight, or, or last night, I should say, all in one box for Gavin Sheets. He's got his dad, you know, a longtime Oriole in the stands, so he gets to have all those feelings just kind of pop up for him while he's also doing the thing he's always dreamed of doing. Like, what a, what a crazy night for Gavin Sheets last night. Yeah, and you guys on the broadcast, you along with Len Casper, you also mentioned that it wasn't the first time he hit one over in right field. Yeah, apparently, Gavin, we were talking with uh, Kevin Brown, who calls Baltimore Orioles games uh, here in town, and, and Kevin mentioned to us that 
Gavin had lifted a couple in the right field. You know, there's the, the porch with the high wall in right in Baltimore. And there's a, a bunch of flagpoles. He's got all the, all the teams, all the American League teams out there. And apparently he went yard uh, once or twice as a 15, 16-year-old at this ballpark. So that was pretty cool to watch him do it again. That wall seems like the most unfair wall in the world. Uh, the, yesterday, Trey Mancini hits one, and the Trey Mancini story is just an amazing story. I had a chance to see him play ball when he was at Notre Dame, and uh, he was a heck of a player down back then. But seeing the ball he hit yesterday, now as a Sox fan, we didn't want to see it go out, but it missed a home run by about four feet. But that's got that's got to be one of the, the weirdest walls in all of baseball. It is. It's a, it's a goofy ballpark out there in right field. I, first of all, it, it's my first time at the park, and I, I really like it. You can tell immediately when you walk in here that it really is the gem everybody talks about it being. But, yeah, it's a goofy bend out there with a very tall wall in right. And you're right, I had four feet to the left, and Dallas Geichel gives up another home run last night, and Trey Mancini's got one more as he heads into the home run derby. Trey is a really great story. Um, yeah, I, I think in, in terms of – stories just the stories we yeah. tell about the 21 season Trey Mancini ought to be in the top five headlines because you know coming back from the stage three uh, colon cancer that he did is, is no small feat to do that and then go hit dingers against big league pitching is is another step entirely he has been he's been really fun to watch this year yeah and I know he was out there early taking batting practice early this morning I saw it on uh, Twitter and everything Connor McKnight joining us here on ESPN 1000 and the White Sox Network as Connor is doing the games along with Len Casper over the next couple of days DJ getting the an early start to the all-star break I was just looking a couple of minutes ago and you look at the top three guys in the order are there you've got Anderson you've got Moncada you've got Abreu then after that I mean, you've got a Goodwin, and you got a Burger, and you got a Sheets, and you got a. I mean, this is amazing that the team has been able to to go through have a fifty-two thirty-five mark at this point of the season with all the injuries they've suffered. And I don't. It's it's almost like one guy has to top another guy. They come up from the big leagues and they have to top the others. I mean, Sebi Zavala with a hit yesterday also had a really nice sacrifice bunt, which I know people aren't big sacrifice bunt people, but if you're going to do it, it's nice to lay down a nice one. He did. It's amazing how it just keeps happening. Every the guy they bring up just seems to do the job, Connor. Every guy's had a moment. Yep. There's the Billy Hamilton catch. There's the Jake Lamb homer. You know, I mean, every guy has had a moment that that is not only – you know, been a fun moment for that ball player. I, I guess Jake Berger is the one guy who's looking for a, you know, a hit to win a ball game yet, but he's got time. I wouldn't press him on it. But every one of those guys has had that kind of thing go on. It's been that kind of year for the White Sox. And I'll tell you this, too. I was thinking about it, and we'll talk about it during the game, I think, tonight, Len and I. But Leury Garcia has had a really good last month offensively. And when you look at the down month, that uh, six, eight weeks that he'd had to start the season, he was still crucial to this team because of his ability to play defensively at just about any spot that Tony LaRusso wanted to go out at. And when you kind of tell the story of the 2021 White Sox through the first half of the season, so much of it has been about how they get by offensively. So much of it has been about the pitching staff. But I think the ability of the White Sox organizationally to be versatile on defense has been almost as big, whether that's Andrew Vaughn learning to play a, a more than competent left field or a guy like Gavin Sheets or Jake Berger working a little bit at second base, not that he's done that in the bigs yet, or Larry Garcia playing all over the place, that has afforded Tony LaRusso the ability to make out the lineup the way he sees fit. And that's important 
because it allows him to put the best hitters in the, in the right spots or at least the right guys for the right day and play matchup when he has to because he's got versatility on defense. There's a lot of little moves that a manager makes in the course of a game. Tony La Russa did something in the last inning of the game last night, last inning or two, which I thought was pretty important. They had Thursday off. They've got two more games till the All-Star break. But all of a sudden, you look, and a guy that was doing the game and you're keeping score, it's like, oh, okay, what's going on? I got Mendick. I got to put him in. I got uh, I got Collins. He's coming in. Sheets isn't a DH anymore. He's out in right field. I thought it was important to get all these guys in, even though it was just for an inning, just to get him a little play after having the day off. Well, I'll tell you what, Fred, I thought it was crucial that Tony did that during Len's half inning because uh, it was difficult to catch up, that's for sure. Yep. But you're right. I mean, this is, you know, this last week of the season, especially for contenders, so they've really jacked up the music here at Camden. They, they love a little, uh, little alt-rock going on right now. Um, so I, I think it is really crucial for Tony to be able to get guys off their feet, uh, even in the last couple of days, go up and down the lineup, go up and down the order for, for the White Sox, and each one of them, could use four days just to get some rest. Everybody's got a thing, you know, other than Gavin and Jake Berger and maybe Sebi Zavala, although he's a catcher. So I think he kind of just like always has a thing. I think catchers always have something that's bugging them. Yep. I, it's, it's, it's crucial. It's absolutely crucial. And to have the guys still in the way that they have and keep Jose Abreu off his feet as much as possible. Same goes for around the diamond. Um, you know, it's, it's about, you know, it's almost like an NBA thing at this point. It's about load management for the next month and a half for the White Sox as much as, um, as, much as bringing in reinforcements at the deadline. Two quick things, and I'll let you go. I know you got a lot to do. you got the pregame show coming up at 2.30 and also the call along with Len Casper. Yesterday there was a game, uh, an inning, the sixth inning. They had five walks, and uh, it's the seventh time this season. They've had four or more walks in an inning. Now, that, that obviously means you're, the pitching isn't good, but it also is really important for guys to take walks. And you see that Moncada took two. That wasn't always the Juan Moncada that we knew. But seeing guys take walks and being patient out there, that's crucial in, the, in today's baseball, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think it is. And I think it's one of the things, you know, the White Sox are, have been top five and on base percentage as a team for most of the season. They're a top three team today. So uh, one of the things that and I think you point out a good moment here, Fred, Early on in that game, Jose Abreu took the walk that ended up leading the White Sox to blowing that game apart and just, you know, taking it over. And I think that's huge. Jose's not probably at 100% right now. He's one of the guys, a little bit of a walking wounded. He was facing uh, Jorge Lopez fastball that was 94, 96, and for a couple of the bats, he was spotting it pretty well, despite the fact that he was carrying a 60 RA. But Abreu kind of seemed to realize in that at bat, I'm not going to get that fastball, not right now, not where things are at. So he spoiled a couple. He laid off the junk low and away, ended up working a walk, moved the lineup, and the White Sox ended up scoring, I think, three or four in that inning. That is, that's such a heads-up, KYP, know-your-personnel kind of move by Jose Abreu there to, to work that walk. And it really was working that walk um, and, and letting, that, letting the starter, Lopez, last night know, yeah, you might not get me, you know, or, or I might not get you with a hit here, but you're not getting through the rest of this lineup because I'm just going to pass the baton. Connor, when you when you first learn about baseball, they usually tell you somewhere along the line, someone told you you win games with pitching and defense. The defense has gotten better throughout the course of the year, and the pitching, there's four starters on the White Sox team that have more 100 strikeouts or more going into the All-Star break. That's, that's pretty damn good if, if you ask me. You can't get much better than that. 
It is. Pitching and defense, those are the second and third lessons I learned about baseball, Fred. The first one I learned is that Connor plays when we're up 10 or down 10, and then the other two were pitching and defense. Those were, the, those were second and third. But you're right. I mean, run prevention is the name of the game. If you can keep walks off the base pads, then those home runs that guys are going to hit aren't going to cost you as many. You know, I mean, it really comes down to something as simple as that. The White Sox defensively didn't start out great. You know, I don't have to rehash the no. Angels series and the Mariners series to start the season. Um, but those mental mistakes have, you know, for the most part gone by the wayside. You're going to have those here or there. There's 162 of these things after all. But you, know, you look at the way Yohan Mankata is playing, surrounding that ball at third base, making a throw over to Jose Abreu last night. I mean, that's, that's big-time stuff. It really is. It's big-time stuff. And, and, you know, whether you're a ground ball guy like Dallas Keuchel or more of a fly ball pitcher like Lucas Giolito, the ability that the White Sox have had to run out quality defenders um, in most every spot. Not all. There's been some places where, you know, they, they've had to put guys out there that aren't necessarily, you know, maybe maybe scratching average at those positions. But we talked earlier about, you know, the necessity that, that the White Sox have had injury-wise to have to do that. But pretty much anybody you hit the ball at right now is able to make a play on it. And that's big, especially coming into, you know, this, this trade deadline where, yep. You know, who knows? Maybe Jake Berger, maybe Gavin Sheets, maybe some of the guys that have had a little bit of, you know, a little top off of their coffee cup here in the big leagues are going to be used to pick up more established players. If that's the case, it's good that the White Sox were able to pitch a couple of different positions on each one of these guys to their other, to, to whatever their next team may or may not be. Connor, appreciate it. You're the ultimate utility guy today, jumping on here, doing the pregame, sitting in with Len, and then doing the postgame. I can't wait to hear you. Go rest a little bit. Uh, we appreciate you jumping on. Thanks, Fred. Appreciate it. I'm actually going to head down to the field. We're going to have Gavin Sheets for the pregame show a little bit later today. Very cool. Cannot wait. Thanks, Connor. Connor, Mc Connor McKnight at Camden Yards as the White Sox get ready to take on the Orioles game two of this three-game set before the All-Star break. And in case you're just tuning in and didn't hear, yes, the uh, White Sox pitchers going to the All-Star game. Uh, they will get another teammate coming as Tim Anderson gets named to the All-Star squad earlier today. Not only named to the All-Star squad, but he was in the player vote. So when they said Carlos Correa wasn't going to go, they looked at the player vote and Tim Anderson was next man up. And I think that's pretty important. It's not like someone just picked T.A. He was the next guy up, and that was good to see. Hey, join the White Sox on Saturday, July 17th, as they take on the Astros. The first 15,000 fans will receive a 1960 replica of the original exploding scoreboard at Old Comiskey Park, presented by Wintrust. Wintrust, Chicago's bank. Single-game tickets are on sale now. Get yours at whitesox.com slash promos. 312-332-3776. Lots to talk about with the White Sox. You want to talk about Anderson going to the All-Star game. Dallas Keuchel and the White Sox getting a win. Sox had dropped the last three with Dallas Keuchel on the hill. And also... Good news earlier this week as Aloy Jimenez is uh, closer to returning. We'll talk about that when we come back. Fred Hubner with you. It is White Sox Weekly on ESPN 1000 and the White Sox Network. Follow us on Twitter at ESPN White Sox. Welcome back in White Sox Weekly. Fred Hubner with you. Connor McKnight doing the game along with Len Casper today. Connor will have the pregame at 2.30. It'll be Lucas Giolito against Thomas Eshelman. 
as um, the Sox have just two games before the All-Star break. Again, if you haven't heard Tim Anderson going to the All-Star game along with Lance Lynn, Carlos Rodon, and Liam Hendricks. One guy not going to the All-Star game, but he is going to the plate today as a DH at Winston-Salem, and that is Aloy Jimenez. It was announced earlier this week that Aloy is making his rehab stint at Winston-Salem. Uh, supposed to play last night. Uh, it rained. Um, he was going to be in the three-hole, the three-hole hitter. He's going to be DHing today and reportedly will be playing some left field tomorrow. Now, as I say that, I can already hear Sox fans moaning. Listen, you can't just have – well, you could, but – you're not going to have him just DH and not play some left field because you want to be able to be flexible. Um, you want to be able to put him out there if, in fact, Tony LaRussa and the rest of the White Sox coaches feel that he needs to be in the field and hit. Um, I heard a lot of interesting things from guys like Frank Thomas, guys that were designated hitters, um, that it's not easy that all of a sudden you're – you know, you, you hit four times and that's it. You sit around and do nothing else. And, and that makes it difficult. And so you can't just do that. And um, I know they could, but they're not going to. Aloy earlier this week uh, on a Zoom call talked about a lot of things. Among them, how difficult it's been actually watching his guys, his team, this year's White Sox play as well as they have in the first half. Uh, it's been a little bit tough, you know, because... Uh, what happened to me was a week before the season starts. So, uh, it was a little bit tough because I'm dealing with, uh, a lot of injuries, but at the same time, it was like my guys support me, you know? So for me, that was like special and I put the, the work because I feel like they have my back. So it was tough, but at the same time, it was good because I know my team was there for me. Yeah, and they've been there for him, and they cannot wait till he gets back. You look and you add a guy like uh, Aloy Jimenez. You add Luis Robert back to this lineup. Uh, unfortunately, Nick Madrigal not, will not be back in. But as Connor was talking about, the importance of Aluri Garcia. Now, I know earlier in the year, everybody was down on Garrett Garcia. He wasn't hitting the ball. Um, but even last year, before Tony La Russa came, one of the big guys uh, was Larry Garcia. Having him here uh, because he can play everywhere. Ricky Renteria loved him. Tony La Russa loves him. He can play the outfield spots. He can play short. He can play third. He can play second base. He can do whatever needs to be done. And now he's got three homers in the last, like, 10 or 12 games. So his offense is starting to come true. Yesterday, he had a um, he had a hit. He had a couple of hits. He had a hit in the uh, first inning, another hit also in the ninth inning. So um, it's nice to see Larry Garcia putting the bat in the ball, and they can use him everywhere. And they really need him with all the injuries they've had. Aloya also was asked, because of all the injuries and because of what's happened with this team, how surprised are you that they're where they are right now in the standings? You know, I never doubt of my team, you know, because uh, we put the work in training. And I know we miss a couple of players, but a lot of players who are good players, you know. So that's why today we are in first place. And by eight games up, you know. So 
it's it's impressive, but at the same time, I I know they can do that. So for me, it was like, okay, uh, good, yeah, because that's that's what we want. We we want to dominate the league. So it's it's good to see the guys uh, how they play right now. Yeah, it's real good the way they're playing right now. The 52-35 and 35 record, a seven-and-a-half game lead now after the win yesterday. Cleveland also getting a win. So the White Sox trying to um, bolster it with a couple more wins in these last couple of days before the All-Star break. 312-332-3776. You want to jump on in, talk about the White Sox, talk about Tim Anderson going to the All-Star game. Also, is there a need for another catcher? for this White Sox team in the second half of the season. Yasmani Grandal went down. Now, Yasmani Grandal was some of the weirdest stats in the world, okay? He was hitting 188. His on-base was 388, 200 points higher, 200% higher, from 188 average to a 388 on-base. 14 homers, 38 runs batted in. 60 walks, 64 strikeouts. That's 60 walks. Nobody else on the team, even, oh, I'm sorry, Moncada has 51 walks, okay? Uh, Abreu has 30 walks. But Grandal is the guy that takes pitches, 60 walks. But Semi Zavala steps in, and Tony La is saying, I want to get him, and I want him to get him familiar with the catcher or with the pitchers in this team. So he caught the other day in the game on Thursday against Minnesota, or Wednesday against Minnesota. He caught last night. He will not be catching today as Zach Collins will be behind the plate for Lucas Giolito. But then it'll be Sebi Zavala back behind home plate catching um, Dylan Cease tomorrow. Do you think it's important for this White Sox team to get another catcher for the second half of the season? Also, what is it that the White Sox need, in your opinion? The trade deadline is coming up July 30th. Do they need another reliever? Do they need a utility guy? We heard the names. Uh, Eduardo Escobar, who's also going to the All-Star game. Adam Frazier, who's also going to the All-Star game. Um, or do they need a bat? Do they need more hitting? I would think that your hitting is going to come from Aloy Jimenez and Luis Robert. But what is it? If you're Rick Hahn, what is the one thing you need going to the second half? You know, good catchers aren't just out there. Uh, it's a very difficult position. If you find a catcher like Sebi Zavala, he might not help you offensively, but if the pitchers like um, him catching them, he may be very, very good in the second half of the season. Let us know. 312-332-3776. Hey, Sox fans, a new episode of Sox Degrees with Len Casper and Jason Benetti's podcast. It drops on Monday, July 12th. This week's episode will feature Hot Ones host Sean Evans. No topic is off limits. Subscribe and follow on Apple and on Spotify. 312-332-3776. We come back. We'll get to your phone calls. Talking White Sox baseball. Why? Well, that's what we do. It's White Sox Weekly right here on ESPN 1000 and the White Sox Network. Waddle and Sylvie. Afternoons. ESPN 1000. Welcome back in. It is White Sox Weekly here on ESPN 1000 and the White Sox Network. You can also hear us 
in the area on 100.3 HD2. Let's get to the phones. 312-332-3776. Let's go first to Skokie and Steve. Steve, what's going on today? Hi. Um, question. Uh, the Sox have all these guys that were destined, you know, at the beginning of the season to be playing double A, triple A, but now because of the injuries, they're with the big club. And some guys are playing, you know, positions they never played before or not much in the past. And I can see why it's a big step to jump up to the major leagues and try and hit big league pitching. But, you know, I mean, a screaming line drive or, you know, a, a real hard hit short hop, is this, I would think it's the same, you know, no matter what level you're playing, you got to field the thing. So is it, really, is it that much more of a challenge to learn left field in the big leagues versus, you know, double A or, you know, second base, for example? Well, um, I, would think, and, I would think second base might because the, the fields are a lot nicer in the big leagues than they are in the minor leagues um, and everything you're going to get truer hops. But I agree with you completely, Steve, about the, um, the outfield. Think about it, Steve. When you're a kid, you're able to catch fly balls. These guys are major. These guys are baseball players. Even if they played in the minor leagues, catching a fly ball shouldn't be a big deal. I mean, I think Andrew Vaughn has shown that, and also Gavin Sheets has gone out to right field and hasn't had any problem. I think sometimes the media we make a little bit too much of a guy moving from the infield to the outfield. What do you think, Steve? Uh, that was that was good. Andrew Vaughn is an athlete. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm gone. No, you're right there. So, you're there. Oh, I'm still here. Yeah. I got one more question. Yeah. Is anybody giving Jose Abreu English lessons? Because every time I read a quote, it, it, it's prefaced with, you know, spoken through an interpreter. And he's, he's been around for a long time now. He uh, has. I mean, are they help, helping this guy learn how to speak, you know, just regular English? Well, you know what? And I think he, <laughs> I, I think he can, Steve. We appreciate the call. Uh, he, because when you see guys get to first base, He's sitting there and holding conversations with him. Um, I just, for some reason, I just don't think he's comfortable. I don't know what it is. Um, but, yeah, it, it is surprising. You look at Eloy Jimenez, and uh, he you heard him on the Zoom conference, and he's talking. And it just, it's probably just a comfort thing with him because uh, we don't hear from him. We don't hear from Mon- Moncada. There are certain players we don't hear from. And, um, yeah, I would like to hear from them too, uh, especially uh, uh, Jose Abreu. But if he's not comfortable, wants to speak through the uh, interpreter, as long as he goes to the plate and does what he's been doing for all these years he's been with the White Sox, I'm good with it. I don't necessarily need it. Because to be real honest with you, a lot of times ball players, some ball players don't have a lot to say. Now, Abreu's not that kind of guy, but uh, it's great to hear anything he does have to say. Uh, so it would be kind of nice to hear it from him. Uh, let's go to Plainfield. And uh, Dave, Dave, what's going on today? How are you, Fred? I'm doing well. You know, I hope somebody in the media knows how to speak properly. She get people in the media game talk properly. Let's talk about a brand new. Anyway, a couple of things I think the White Sox need. I the three pitchers I think they really got to look at is Ian Kennedy with the Rangers as a reliever. I think he would be perfect for this team, and they've had a lot of success making trades with Texas for some reason. The other thing is, I do I would like to see him get Escobar, but I'm not going to give up Gavin Chief Andrew Vaughn. I don't know what they were going to think of, but if they think for two months he's going to give up for a 32-year-old guy, don't get me wrong, that's probably a good player. He's got like 61. But I'm not giving them Andrew Vaughn or Gavin Sheets a partner. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Really quickly, who was the guy you said? Who was the second guy you said they could go? They should go after? I couldn't hear you. Escobar. 
I'm oh, sorry, Escobar. Okay. But I'm not giving up frontline players here. No. For that. I mean, I mean, I'm not. I mean, you want a uh, Michael Adolfo, Blake Rutherford, maybe a, a Jonathan Stevens, maybe that. Because you're only going to get the guy for two months. Right. So as far as I'm concerned, I think you have to be smart, and I think they're not as dumb as the Cubs were getting like Quintana for Eminem. Uh, I don't see what I'm doing now. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, sir. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate it. Yeah, I don't think they're going to give up a lot. I know people have mentioned it, and I know they mentioned it on the broadcast last night. People have said, well, maybe the White Sox would give up Andrew Vaughn. Why would you give up a guy that you drafted that high for a, a, a rental player, a guy that's going to be here for a couple of months? I think that's one of the reasons you're seeing guys like Mendick come in and play and Lurie Garcia play second base, because if you can get through the season with these guys playing um, – Maybe you don't need a bat. Sure, Adam Frazier would be nice. Sure, Eduardo Escobar would be nice. But, um, and I know, you want to win now. Winning is the most important thing. But are you going to give up a guy that you drafted and and built up through the system? I don't think so. I don't think that's going to happen. Now, you never know. You never know what Rick's going to do. I think with the White Sox having a a seven-and-a-half game lead and being 52-35 and at this point of the season, I think that makes his decisions a little bit easier. I think if they were a little bit... Um, you know, struggling to have first place in the division, then you might see something different. But I think the way it is right now, there's no reason to give up your future for this season. Um, they're going to get Madrigal back next year. They're going to hopefully have Jimenez and Robert. And I know you cannot say, well, we'll be better next year. You can't look that way because you don't know what's going to happen with Lance Lynn. You don't know what's going to happen with Carlos Rodon. I asked our producer, we were sitting in the other room before the show, and I asked Sean Davis, I said, what do you do when the season's over? Do you sign Lynn or Rodon? Do you have to make a pick? Do you have to pick one of those? Um, you've had Rodon all these years after picking him third in the draft in, what, 2014. You go on out and get Lance Lynn, you see what he's done, and you see they're, they're both at the All-Star game. Rodon with a 7-3 and record and a 231 ERA, and Lance Lynn's better at 9-3 and with a 199 earned run average. So you can't, you know, I know you've got, Crochet, I know that you have uh, Michael Kopech, who came in and just threw the hell out of the ball yesterday in that, in that eighth inning and struck out the side. But um, I don't necessarily think they're going to make a move. I thought it would be for a utility guy. they got to play second base all the time. But with Mendick there and with Lurie Garcia there, and as long as they can play the defense that they need, I don't know that Hodge going to change that. Maybe a reliever, another bat. I think you're getting those when you've got Aloya Menez and Luis Robert. 312-332-3776. Let's go to the northwest side, Namir. Amir, what's happening? Hey, guys. How you doing? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, you know, I, I'm not so smart with the pricing. I know you're a lot more educated on that than me, but I think maybe a cheaper left-hand bullpen guy might be pretty much all we need. I, I agree with the take that Eloy and Robert will be – pretty much all we really need to, to get the bats back, um, you know, as long as they're back and healthy and can, can stay healthy. Uh, I'm hoping, I mean, Sebi's looking good in the in, in catcher. Um, you know, like you said, he might not be delivering bat-wise, but as long as <laughs> as long as you're catching the pitches and framing them right, right. I, I think he'll be okay. Yeah, and I agree with you on the left-handed reliever because you're not sure how long Bummer is going to be out. I know he's not there right now. I know he had struggled. I got to tell you, when Bummer or Hoyer come in, I get a little nervous. Um, I do too. Yeah. Every time I go to the and I've seen them pitch, both of them probably three, four times this year at the park, and I, I, I bit. I don't even bite my nails, and I bit my nails right down <laughs> on up. 
Yeah, I know it's it's tough, especially if they walk the first guy, and they've had a tendency of doing that this year, and I don't know what the problem is. But, yeah, if you can get another left-handed guy, a left-handed guy in the, out of the bullpen, some people are talking about another setup guy, a guy to come in, pitch yep. the seventh or eighth inning, especially if Bummer's not going to be able to do it. That, that'd be a key thing to get. Um, I, I think that would probably be the one thing that uh, he would look for, and maybe an additional bat if he can get one without having to give up too much. You know, pick up somebody who's here's near the end to give up one of your your you know your single A double A prospects uh, to a Pittsburgh or someone like that. You're not going to get Adam Frazier or Eduardo Escobar for you know for for nothing. They're not right. going to give those away. So and pre- also, I hope we extend Lynn and Rodon. I think those at least Rodon, but. Lynn is. I I feel like Lynn's sitting in like he's at home here. Yeah, yeah, he seems like he is too. Appreciate the call. Uh, it, it'd be tough to make a decision if he had to make a decision on those two. The nice part is you have the rest of your guys under contract. Anderson, Moncada, Abreu, they're not going anywhere. You've got the two other two guys, so you can spend money on pitching. And there's a it's an option I think for Keuchel. And the White Sox had lost the last three outings with Keuchel on the hill. They win yesterday. Uh, Dallas Keuchel, you know, he'd be nice. Is he going to be your fourth guy? Is it going to be just the way it is um, when it does come playoff time? Is Dylan Cease going to be a guy that's going to be used out of the bullpen and not as a starter? Those are all things we're going to figure out in the second half of the season, which gets underway on Friday when uh, the Houston Astros come a-calling. Hey, join us at Guaranteed Rate Field on Wednesday, July 21st, as the White Sox take on the Minnesota Twins at 7-10. The first 10,000 fans will receive a T-shirt presented by Bona Beef. For tickets, visit whitesox.com slash tickets. Let's grab Paulie really quickly from Palm Beach before we take a break. Paulie, what's up today? Hey, Fred, great show. Thank you. A quick one here. We got to go big. All right, I got some answers for the Sox. We trade Michael Kopech straight up for Wilson Contreras. A, I think Kopech's a head case. I don't think he can depend on him when things get tough. He's one of those guys where everything's got to be perfect in his life for everything to go good. Number two, Yasmani Grandel, every time he's been hurt, he comes back. He takes, he needs two months to get into hitting shape. We're not going to have time when he comes back for him to get in hitting shape. Uh, and you solve our catching problem long-term. If Yasmani Grandal is so good, like everybody says, and on-base percentage is so good, when the season's over, trade him for somebody good. And use Collins as your backup catcher. You'll get Wilson Contreras right now. You know he's unhappy with the Cubs. He'll come to the Sox with a chance to win, and he'll be a stud. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say say anything bad, Paulie. We appreciate the call as always. I'm not gonna say anything bad about Wilson Contreras. I love the way Contreras plays the game. I love his arm behind the plate. I love his ability to pick guys off on the bases. Um, I love the aggressiveness he has. Um, I'm not giving up Kopech yet. I understand what you're saying, um, but that's that's too that's too steep right now. The White Sox aren't going to do that. We don't know. If, in fact, Kopech is what you say, we don't know how much of a head case he may have been. And hopefully, as he matures, like everybody, as he matures, he becomes wiser. And, um, you know, he's had he's had struggles. He's had some problems. He's talked about them. Um, but I think that when you see what he can do on the mound and what he did last night, I love the way they used him last night. Brought him in just for the eighth inning. He strikes out three straight guys. His, I got the I got the speed from his pitches, okay. 
Those were his fastballs when he came in in that eighth inning. That's what we're looking for. White Sox haven't had a fireballer since, heck, Terry Forster and Goose Gossage. They've probably had it coming. Bobby Jenks was a guy that could actually bring it to. But when you see what he does to hitters, I know this is the Orioles, but they could not hit him yesterday. And that's what you want going forward. And then putting a guy like that in your rotation. You can go him or Garrett Crochet if, in fact, you lose one, either Lynn or Rodon. We'll continue talking about that. We'll take your calls, 312-332-3776. We'll also hear from last night's winning pitcher. As Dallas Keuchel had a really nice game, Sox had lost the three previous starts of Dallas Keuchel. They come back and they win yesterday. We'll hear from Keuchel about his outing and also about Sebi Zavala behind the plate. We'll hear all that and more we come back after this on ESPN 1000 and the White Sox Network. Follow us on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. Sox with their second game in Baltimore after a 12-1 win last night. Lucas Giolito taking the bump. And we've got the game for you. The uh, pregame beginning at 2.30. First pitch a little after 3 o'clock. Len Casper, Connor McKnight on the call as DJ decided to, uh, you know what, he deserves it. 162 games, a lot of games, man. Everybody needs a little time off. Baseball is uh, baseball's a fun game to cover. I always said the best job in all of sports would be covering baseball. You get to spring training in the middle of February, and you're staying in nice hotels. Now, the TV crew's not doing that yet. The radio crew, we've the radio crew, Len Casper, DJ, Connor, they have been on the road the last um, road trip or two. That's nice to see. Major League Baseball still not having the uh, home TV crowds making traveling. Uh, or traveling uh, to road games. That's that's got to be tough. That's got to be very difficult doing all the games from a booth and not going anywhere. So it would be nice if uh, Stone and Benetti can get out and uh, all of the other announcers. And that's not happening right now. Let's get back to the calls, 312-332-3776. We go to Northbrook and Dillon. You're on ESPN 1000, White Sox Weekly. What's up? Hey, so I heard what you're talking about with uh, Lynn and uh, Rodon and something that – you kind of need to know is that Lynn's already gotten a qualifying offer, so you can't get any draft picks back if you lose him. Rodon's got Boris as an agent, so you know he's definitely going to get a lot more money than he probably should, even though he deserves it. So I say you probably are going to end up just sticking with Lynn, giving Rodon a qualifying offer, getting maybe 30th or 40th pick back in the draft, and letting him go somewhere else probably the most logical thing that's going to happen. Yeah, I understand that with Lance Lynn. And uh, if you had to pick, if it had nothing to do with money or anything, if you could only keep one, who would you keep? Uh, that's I'd pro- Even though Lynn's a little bit older, Rodon, he's gotten hurt so many times. It's just you, you don't want to be paying a guy to sit on the IL all year. It's just with Lynn, you see what you're getting. You get that every year. I'd, I'd probably just stick with Lynn, even as much as I love Carlos Rodon. It's just yeah. No, it, it, yeah, what he's been doing, uh, Dylan, we appreciate the call and giving us the information. Thanks. We appreciate it as always. Um, the one thing about uh, Rodon is he's a lefty, and there, there are lefties that can pitch for a long, long time. Um, 
you may want to keep him for a long time. Maybe Lance Lynn not as long. So I'm not sure how much longevity sticks with it in a, in decisions like that. Uh, we'll have to wait and see what Rick Hunt has to say. Let's go to LaGrange and Jerry. You're on ESPN 1000. Hey, Jerry. Hello. I'm so happy today that you were bragging about Garcia. What a great player. He played six positions already. I'm sure he can play first and someday he'll probably pitch in any. But he's got more RBIs than Anderson. He's tied with Mercado. Uh, he's got more than all our outfielders put together. And I, I forgot, I'm 90, I forgot about our catcher on the sick list. He finally got uh, hit in the last couple of weeks. I think he's in the 30s. But yeah, he's know. only got, Grandal only has one more than Garcia does. Yeah. yeah, and you hardly hear a word about him. And I'm 90, and I've been going to games since six years old. And he's the best utility player I've ever seen. And he had, he's probably got one error. I saw an error that was kind of tough on him. It's second, but I can't. I don't remember him making him. If he did, it's very few because I watch every game. Yeah, he had a couple early in the season. I think in that uh, when the season began, he had a couple. He's got four for the season. But okay. you're right. But you're right, and that's the one thing. He, yeah, he he went. He wasn't hitting well at the beginning, but he he's uh, stepping up. He's playing well, and I think like any utility guy, Jerry, and you know this, a ninety year old guy's been watching baseball a long time. You know, it's difficult coming off the bench, but I think he's getting an opportunity now to play almost every day, one position yeah, or another. And like uh, he wins some big games in Boston. Yep, we got killed in one game, and he gets a double off the wall. I guess it was to win in a game two to one, and I think he was scored the other run the other night. He got the two uh, two run homer in the second. You know. He's just, and he's always smiling. He don't gripe if he don't get in. He makes a joke about it or whatever, you know. Yeah. Uh, Jerry, appreciate the call. Keep okay. calling. Good luck. Thanks a lot. Um, yeah, I, I like Lurie Garcia. I, I lo- you love a guy that you can put in and play any position. Mokata's down, he can play there. Anderson needs a rest, he can play there. You need a second baseman, he's there. Stick him in an outfield. He's always out there. Um, Ricky Renteria loved him. I think Tony La Russa and Rick Hahn really love what Lurie Garcia can do for this team because he can be, he can play everywhere. And back in the day, way back in the day when Jerry and I were watching games, heck, I was probably, you know, I was, I was 30 years younger 25 years younger than Jerry. and um, But still, I love seeing those little utility guys that would come in and get a big hit or make a big play or a big defensive play at the end of a game. And Lurie Garcia is that guy. And, yeah, he's not going to give you – there's a reason. If he was really, really good, he'd play all the time. But he does the job that he's able to do. He does it, and he does it really well. Let's go on out to Woodridge and Bill. Bill, what's happening today? Hey, Bill Ezra for Sports Phone. How are you, Fred? I'm doing great, Billy. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm loving the play the uh, the way the White Sox are playing. Um, you know, a couple couple uh, excuse me, a couple of calls ago, I didn't like the uh, the caller who was talking about uh, uh, dumping Michael Kopech C- and um, and also. Um, you know, um, Mankata. Yeah, I think we're doing really well right now. I don't see um, making any changes. Yeah, I think they're. I think guys are going to pick up, Bill. Um, if anything, the Rick Hahn might do will be guys just to shore up what they have. Uh, I don't think they can give up on on Kopech, and I understand what the caller was trying to say. But uh, and I would love to have Wilson Contreras as as, as another catcher. Oh, for sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah, if but, I if I could take Contreras over Grandal. 
just me, the White Sox fan, I would do it. Um, but, you know, you're going to have Grandal out for a long time now after he had surgery just a week or oh, so ago. Yeah. He's going to be right. out. And um, I would love to have a, a guy like Wilson Contreras, but he's not necessarily your backup catcher. He's your starting catcher, and they can Great. use a guy like that. Sure he is. No, I, I'm yeah. with you. I just uh... – I'm I'm more than pleasantly surprised the way that they're playing right now. They are playing way above themselves, and uh, it's very exciting, Freddie. Yeah, it really is. Billy, appreciate the call as always. We'll talk soon. You got it, my friend. You hang in there. Stay safe. Thanks, Bill. Uh, 312-332-3776. You want to jump on in? Hey, Sox fans. Pre-game patio parties are back starting July 16th. That's right. Treat your group of 20 or more to two hours of an all-you-can-eat buffet along with unlimited beer, wine, and Coca-Cola products. Now, for more information, call or text 312-674-1000 or visit whitesocks.com slash patio. After the All-Star break, you've got the Astros coming to town. And you got some payback for the Houston Astros because they are the team that you went down to Houston and they knocked you off three straight. The defense let the Sox down. They gave up runs early. The pitching didn't do the job. The Sox couldn't hit. I cannot wait until next Friday and see how things go. Two more games against the Orioles and then the All-Star break. And we found out today that Tim Anderson's going to the All-Star game. And Tony LaRusso on his uh, pregame Zoom, he talked about how the rest of the team found out that T.A. was going to Colorado. He did find out. We may not have it here. We'll track it down and play it when we come back in a little bit. 312-332-3776. Here we go. Everybody was gathered in the clubhouse to make the announcement. Uh, and I didn't feel like I was the one that should do it because the one coach that earned that honor was Joe McEwing, who from day one has worked with Tim. And has, Tim's just a great, great athlete and has polished him into a great defensive shortstop and base runner and everything else. So Joe made the uh, the announcement and the explosion of emotion in that clubhouse. I don't know if we taped it. Somebody should have taped it, but it was just overjoy throughout every person on the roster for Tim because of what he's done to earn it and what, what everybody feels for him. It was one of the best experiences I can I can remember. I put it right there. I've had a lot of really great ones. It's right there, tied, tied with that, with all those other ones. Yeah, that's good to see. Absolutely good to see. Uh, we'll come back, talk a little bit more White Sox baseball. We'll hear from uh, Dallas Keuchel, but let's take a quick break as we let the stations down the line uh, identify themselves here on the White Sox Network. From the first Midwest Bank State Street studio, the new home of the Chicago White Sox, this is WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. There were so many great things to talk about in the game last night. Uh, and when you win 12-1, to 1, of course, there's going to be good stuff to talk about. We'll talk about Dallas Keuchel uh, when we come back after 2 o'clock. But you had um, Gavin Sheets, who's played at Camden Yards as a kid, a 15- and 16-year-old, because he grew up in the Baltimore area because his father, Larry Sheets, played for the Baltimore Orioles. Gavin Sheets right now is hitting two seventy three. He's got three doubles, three homers. One of them he hit last night, and he has six walks and six strikeouts. That's what's impressed me a lot with these young guys that the White Sox have. They're they're not just coming up. They're not swinging from their heels. They're taking pitches. They're doing the things to get on base. 
and the White Sox are doing it, and uh, they continue to do it. Sheets yesterday struck out, popped up foul, he walked, homered, and then walked again. Two more of those walks yesterday for Gavin Sheets. That's a good thing to see. You see guys do that, getting on base, that on-base percentage. Connor talked about it when we had him on at 1 o'clock. The White Sox have been very, very good at on-base percentage, and they continue to do that going forward. They got Lucas Giolito against Thomas Eshelman today, a 3.05 first pitch. When we come back, we can talk about Dallas Keuchel, his outing yesterday. We'll hear from Dallas Keuchel. We'll also take a look at the starting lineup for today's game right here on ESPN 1000 in the White Sox Network. White Sox Weekly Saturdays on ESPN 1000. Pre-game show from Camden Yards with Connor McKnight coming up at a half hour. Fred Hubner with you, White Sox Weekly here on ESPN 1000 and the White Sox Network. If you're in the area, you can also hear us on uh, High Def ooh, on the FM station. wonder how that sounds for me. I've heard, I've heard Yurko. It's like Yurko's in your back seat. Well, everybody would want that, too. Uh, 100.3 HD2. Uh, we'll hear from Dallas Keuchel in a second. First, here's the lineup for today as the White Sox send uh, Tim Anderson, the newest uh, all-star, um, he's leading off, playing short. Yohan Moncada is DHing today with a Brayu at first. Goodwin in center field. Andrew Vaughn, who had three hits yesterday, is in left. Lurie Garcia hitting sixth and second base. Gavin Cheats is in right field, hitting seventh. Jake Berger playing third base. And Zach Collins behind the plate. Uh, Collins, he came in yesterday, played some first base in that last inning. He actually did get an at-bat in the game last night. And... Um, and actually walked, did he? Didn't he? Um, yeah. So that was nice. He actually was hit by pitch. That's right. The ball hit him. Yeah, hits as good as a walk if it's hit by pitch, not if it's a base hit. I'm sorry. I'm not going to believe that people that say a hit is as good as a walk's as good as a hit. It's not. Not especially with those men on base. We can dis- we can debate that anytime. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. So Yasmani Grandal is out. That torn tendon in his left knee. Need surgery. Not sure exactly when he will return. So you have Collins and Sebi Zavala. And Zavala started yesterday. Tony LaRusa saying that he wants to have Zavala get used to everybody. So he caught on Wednesday. He caught yesterday. And he'll catch Dylan Cease on Sunday in Baltimore. Last night, he caught Dallas Keuchel. Keuchel, seven innings, seven hits, one run, earned one walk, three strikeouts. Now, He's a ground ball pitcher. He was in for seven innings, seven times three. That's 21. So of the 21 outs, 13 were ground outs. Now, 11 of them were direct ground outs, and it was a fielder's choice on the ground, and it was a double play. That counts as two outs. So 13 of the 21 outs on the ground. Nice to see. And sometimes you wonder how a veteran pitcher is going to be throwing to a young guy. After the game, Dallas Keigel talked about throwing to Sebi Zavala. I got a, a little bit in, in spring training, the last the last two spring trainings, and, I mean, I didn't really know much about him. I knew he could catch the ball, so he, he, he kind of makes me wonder if some pitches are balls or if some pitches are strikes. It's like wizardry back there. and You know, it doesn't really get much better than Yaz, so we're going to miss him, but the the way he presents pitches and and has a great setup is very talkative to the umpire even for a young a young guy behind the dish 
means that that he knows what he's doing. He's very comfortable back there as well. So we we love him back there, and I know Lance. I don't know if he reiterated it, but I, I know he he likes to be back there as well. So you had Lance Lynn throwing to him. You had Dallas Keuchel throwing to him. And now you have Dylan Cease throwing to him tomorrow as he will get another start. Nice to see he also laid down a sacrifice bunt. And I know people don't like bunting, but if you got to do it, it'd be nice if you can actually get the bunt down. He did for a sacrifice in that big four-run inning. Um, there were a couple of guys on back-to-back walks to Vaughn and Sheets. And then he sacrificed to third base, a 5-4 play over to... Um, uh, over to get the uh, Zavala out. Then he had a double um, in the seventh inning, which was nice, right after the Sheets home run. So Sebi Zavala, a guy that could be out there. And if he's framing as well as Dallas Keuchel just said, that's great because that was the strong point that um, the very strong point the Yasmani Grandal had, that he was able to um, frame. He was a great framer. So if Sebi Zavala has that until they get, put the automated strike zones in, uh, it's good to have. Another thing that Dallas Keuchel had to say, now the Sox had lost the last three outings from Dallas Keuchel, the last three. And yesterday he had a chance to go before the break, and he talked about having that last outing before the All-Star break. I'm usually looking forward to the break, but I feel sometimes I've kind of let off the gas pedal a little bit more so than I usually have in certain outings. And I mean, that was kind of intentional just based on how last year we only played 60 games. And then this year we're going back to normal. So I wanted to make sure my body was ready and I wasn't pushing it too hard. But uh, after an outing like this, you, you really, you really wish that you were going on five days rest again, just because of, of how good, how good you feel, feel. And, but I know that it's going to be a nice, a nice four days for, for most of us. I know, for four guys, it's going to be a little bit of a short break, but um, we're all going to rest up. Hopefully, not too, not too in the distant future. We're going to get a little way back and and hopefully get get back to 100 percent on the roster. But I could definitely go on Wednesday if if need be. But I don't think we're playing anybody. No, no, they're not playing anybody on Wednesday. Um, maybe he'll just do a side session somewhere, uh, wherever he may be. Throwing to Kelly Nash, he can do that. Uh, you know, um, but. He will be facing the Astros, I would think. The Astros come in to guaranteed rate on Friday. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And he knows the second half, the Sox have to play better against the good teams. Well, I think one of the big things is we're going to have to beat the good teams. So we, we're doing our job beating the teams that we should beat. And, and we're, we're very competitive now. It's going to be a big series to start up the second half. And for lack of better terms, we've got our butts whooped in Houston. So I'd like to see kind of what we're made of just to open the second half because our August schedule is, is pretty daunting ahead of us, but we're going to play Houston a whole lot better, or at least I would hope so than what we did in Houston. So that's going to be the first big test. And I'd like to see where we're at there before I really comment on where I think we're at or we're headed. So we, we're going to have, we're going to have a tough test ahead of us. And Have a good break. Yeah. We better have a, have our, cleats on but we're gonna have a good break yeah that, that would be nice to have the cleats on when you get out there and uh taking care of those teams so many people the naysayers say listen they played the yankees at yankee stadium couldn't win they lost all three they played houston down in houston could not win lost all three 
And Dallas Keuchel says right there, you need to get some wins. You need to play better against these good teams. They're the teams you're going to see when the postseason rolls around. 312-332-3776. Let's go back to the phones. We head to Lincoln Square and Tom. Tom, what's happening today? Yeah, so a um, couple things. One, I think as far as the trade goes, I like. I think the number one need right now is a late-inning reliever, seventh-eighth inning guy who's got a breaking pitch because most of the young guys rely on their fastball. You know, they're you know they're throwing the mid nineties. Yeah. And the other thing is, I think I think the reason they're playing Savala so much is they want to see what he's got behind the plate, and if he's good enough, they might. I think they'll probably. If he's not, they might make a trade before the deadline because I'm not convinced Collins is a good enough backstop to carry us through the you know the playoffs. And the last thing I'd like to say is this: I've never seen a team, let alone the White Sox, that has more feel-good stories in one season. <laughs> the Yerminator, yeah, uh, Rodon, you know, the injuries got all the guys going for injuries, and now, and now Sheets is hitting a home run in front of his father, you know, a major league ball player, and his parents. I mean, it's a pretty remarkable season in that regard, right? Well, and then you also have Berger, a guy that comes back from two Achilles injuries. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's amazing. You get Rodon, who's who's you know struggled and and because of injuries, now he's healthy and look what he's doing. He's going to an All Star game. You're right. I mean, for the first half of the season, there were so many feel good stories and and it's it's come through. And then you even got a guy like Tim Anderson, who I was as critical of him as anybody for his defense. But one of my lines was, listen, Tim Anderson led the the majors in uh, the American League in hitting two years ago, but he also led them in errors, um, and he knew that. Um, he didn't know that I said it, but he knew that. And um, like he said, he's worked on it. He's got five errors now through 71 games that he's played at uh, sec- or at shortstop this year. So there, there's a lot of feel-good stories all around for this team. And that, that makes that makes for you know a lot of good viewing and a, a lot of excitement, especially when you pound out 15 hits in back-to-back games. How about Tim throwing the ball with the loop on it from deep shortstop? <laughs> That's pretty cool too, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're all playing well, uh, Tom. Appreciate the call. There are so many feel-good stories with this team, and that's one of the key things when you're watching this White Sox, the White Sox play. There's so many of them, and um, you got the best feel-good story in baseball is in Baltimore with Trey Mancini coming back from col- stage three colon cancer, um, missing the the year, and then now coming back and doing what he's been able to do. That's the best feel-good story. But you've got a lot. You've got a lot of them with the White Sox, and we're going to have more. Coming back from injuries, Aloy Jimenez. Coming back from injuries, Luis Robert. And then next year, coming back from injuries, in Nick Madrigal. Let's go on out to Willowbrook and Owen. You're on ESPN 1000 and White Sox Weekly. What's up, Owen? Hi, Fred. How are you doing today? Doing well. Good. Hey, I want to also talk a little bit about Zavala. I'm glad you mentioned what the guy before me talked about. I I like him better behind the plate than Collins. Not, and Collins has improved, but he's a big guy. And when you see what, what he does a lot of times is he'll backhand a ball where Savala, especially with a guy like Keiko throwing grounders and with men on third base especially, he'll block the ball. Every now and then Collins will get a little lazy and backhand it, and he got more potential for a pass ball. And the other thing I want to mention that I haven't seen too many guys on the roster do that Zavala did yesterday, he put down maybe the best sacrifice part of the year last night. He sure did. And, and a guy like a guy like Zabala has to do that because he's not going to be a great hitter. But when you can when you can get in close games like that and move runners along like that, it's a sacrifice to run him to second and third. That's huge. I think that helped open up the game. It did. And, and I mean, little things like that is that's what you see out of a guy like this. And I, 
I'm really glad to see LaRusso playing him right away. Well, and see, another thing, Owen, they've kept him around. He's been in the system for a little while, and there's a reason they've kept him around. And, they, you know, thank goodness, because with Grandal going down, like you said, a better defensive catcher than Zach Collins. And I think we always knew that. Collins was more of a bat than he was a defensive guy, but he called the no-hitter yeah. with Rodon. He's caught Rodon quite a bit, and he's done very, very well doing it. So I think he's improving and getting better. But down the stretch, when you're playing these big games, having a great defensive catcher is huge. I want to see how he does throwing guys out. Guys are stealing. They don't do it so much in baseball. But let's see how he is uh, You know, in the second half, maybe when they play Houston next week. Yeah, the fact that he, like you said, they, they kept him around for his insurance policy, and he's probably yep. been through most of these pitchers that have been through his system, you know, so he knows their games. You know, I mean, a guy like Glenn is going to probably call most of his own game, but, um, you know, he's... He's a fastball cutter pitcher anyhow. So, but I actually like the, I like the kid. I'm glad they kept him around as an insurance policy, and uh, it's you know it's nice to see Larusa play him right away because Larusa doesn't always play rookies or guys right away when they come up to the minors. But I think catcher is a unique position. I think that's why he's done it. Owen, appreciate the call. Thanks a lot. Thanks. The um, the one thing that Owen says, and if you're a White Sox fan, why wouldn't you know? If you're not a White Sox fan, I'm surprised you're listening to White Sox Weekly, but I appreciate it. Um, Gavin Sheets was up here for two games earlier in the year, and I was surprised that Larusa didn't play him at that time. He was up here, he didn't play him, and then he went right back down after an injury or a guy came back. I was thinking, you know, because Tony's been pretty good this year. As a guy comes up, he plays him right away. He didn't play Gavin Sheets, and I, I. I don't remember if there was any reason giving. I don't remember if there was anybody asking that question of why he didn't play. But uh, he's playing now and doing well, and he'll be out in right field today when the White Sox take on the Orioles. Hey, bring your family of four to a White Sox game starting at $59 with a family four-pack. You'll get four tickets, four hot dogs, four drinks, and four chips to select games. For tickets, visit whitesox.com slash Four packs. We'll take a quick break. Callers hang in there. We'll get right back to you. We're going to do Len Asks once again in case you missed it. Len's asking a question for all of you out there, and we'll do that. And uh, don't forget, 2.30, bottom of the hour, it is Connor McKnight with the pregame show leading you up to White Sox baseball here on ESPN 1000 and the White Sox Network. Captain Jay Hood, 7 to 10 mornings, ESPN 1000. Back on White Sox Weekly, Fred Hubner with you here, ESPN 1000 and the White Sox Network. Hey, spend your summer at the ballpark with bleachers and brews. Get one ticket and two beers starting at $25. Must be 21 or over with a valid ID. Bleachers and Brews is presented by Budweiser. To purchase tickets, visit whitesox.com slash brew. Also, we did it once, but you may have missed it. Um, each and every White Sox Weekly show we do Len asks, let's give it a listen for today. With Tim Anderson making the all-star team as an injury replacement for Carlos Correa, who would be the other top candidate off this White Sox roster to make the team as a replacement? Jose Abreu? Yoan Moncada? Maybe you have another idea. Let us know. So let him know. If you have an opinion, you can tweet us at ESPN White Sox on Twitter. Also, tweet your responses to us and use the hashtag Len Asks. Let's get back to the phones. 312-332-3776. We go to the South Side. And Patrick, you're on ESPN 1000 the White Sox Weekly. What's up? I'm referring to this one called Carlos Contrast for uh, Contrast for uh, Kopech. Uh, that guy needs to have his head examined for that one. Don't, don't even go there. 
Wouldn't, um, you, wouldn't you like to have Contreras, though? No. No, no. I want no club people, period. Get all those rejects away. Okay. 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 Now, right. Now, as far as they're talking about, oh, they, they, they lost to the Houston. They lost to the Yankees. Uh, but they played at home. They're not played at home yet. And the fact of the matter, didn't they get walked off like three of those games in the ninth inning or something? Oh, in, in New York, I think. Yeah, and, and Houston. They got walked off in one of those games in Houston. Yeah. And and uh, so basically with three of their top players out, okay? So let's see what happens when they when they uh, are fully staffed and uh, they play them at home. Let's see what happens then. Well, that'd be fine. I mean, I, I can't wait. That's why this first series after the All-Star break – at Guaranteed Rate Field next next week's going to be fun to watch. That's what I'm saying. They keep saying, oh, they haven't beat anybody. But let's see what they do when they play at home. They, all these games they've lost to these contenders are at their place. Let's see what they do when they get them at home. Patrick, I, 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 I can't wait to see it. It'll be fun to watch. And uh, the, the one thing is, when you get to the playoffs, you play at home and on the road. So you got to make sure you win on the road, too. So. That'll be fun. We'll see what happens. Thanks, thanks, Patrick, for the call. Let's go to Naperville and Rick. You're on ESPN 1000 and White Sox Weekly. Hey, how are you guys? Thanks for taking my call. Hey, I got a quick question. I know you guys touched base on it earlier, but what do you think Carlos Rodon is going to do in free agency? You know, because the Sox stuck with him through all the injuries. I know Boris is his agent, but I feel he kind of owes it to the South Side to give us a hometown discount, kind of like Abreu did, and, and his press conferences and everything he kind of he illuminates let's see what happens let's see what happens where Abreu's like I wanted to sign myself here do you think that he gives the Sox a hometown discount and stays with us or do you think he goes for like the big paycheck I I wonder Rick how he felt when the White Sox weren't going to bring him back and then they decided to bring him back when they knew they needed somebody um because that that had to be some tough times for Carlos Rodon because there was a time there where he had no idea what he was going to do this year. And then all of a sudden they said, you know what, let's bring Rodon in. We're not sure what Ronaldo Lopez is going to do. Because remember, when the season started, it was either Rodon or Lopez as that number five starter because Dylan yeah. Cease was going to be there. And um, so we'll see how he feels about that. I'm not sure. Depending A discount's one thing. Um, how much of a discount's another? So yeah, for sure, for yeah. sure. I to- I-, I totally agree with it. And do you also think that the Sox are going to get uh, some bullpen help? You know, during this uh, free agency, or what do you think that they're going to do uh, for for to help the bullpen? You know what, Rick? Appreciate the call. I think when the trade deadline comes up, if Rick Hahn can find a left-handed reliever out there, another lefty to bring in. I mean, you have Crochet, you have Bummer, but you're not sure how he's going. He's going to be. He's been down for a couple times this year already, and um, he's also had some some stretches of problems. Uh, I'll be nice. Some stretches of problems. Cody Hoyer has a little bit too in the bullpen. So I think if he can find another guy that he has confidence in for a seventh or eighth inning bullpen guy, he's got his closer. I mean, I was not, I was not for spending all the money on Liam Hendricks. I was wrong. Okay. I was wrong. I thought they would have been fine going into the season with column. I was wrong. How many, I don't know how many times I need to say it. I was wrong because what Liam Hendricks now Liam Hendricks has given up I'm looking he's going to the all-star game he's given up six homers in 37 innings Lynn's given up nine in 90 innings Rodon's given up seven in 89 innings Hendricks has given up six in 37 innings he also has 22 saves now you don't want your closer giving up home runs he's blown a couple of saves this year um obviously you don't need that happening during you know down down the stretch in crunch time or in the postseason 
but he's been doing the job. So I think if they can get another guy that can come in and help in the seventh, uh, Matt Foster. Listen, Matt Foster was on fire last year. He was tremendous. You've got Crochet. I think they're gaining confidence in him. You still have Michael Kopech. You have confidence in him. The question is, how many guys can you have? I'm not sure how much confidence you have in Marshall when he comes out of the bullpen. So I think if Rick Conn can find someone who's having a decent season this year and he has faith in him, that he'll go that way. Let's get back to the phones. We go to Joliet and Bob. Bob, what's happening today? Hey, Fred, thanks for taking the call. Um, my question is, in your experience and your memory, World Series winners, have they experienced, have they have had to overcome those journey Okay, I think you're saying injuries because you're breaking up right now. Um, yeah, I don't know if they have or not. They've had stretches where they won the World Series one year and then they have injuries, but a lot of times they're not over to, able to overcome those. Uh, there aren't many te- teams don't win very often um, when you go into the, was the American League. Nobody's won since 99 and 2000, I think. No one's repeated. And it's it's the same you know nationally you don't get re- people repeating for the World Series so um, it, what the White Sox have been able to do is pretty amazing but they're doing it bef- <laughs> they're doing it with all the injured guys okay you got a fifty two and thirty five record you have a seven and a half game lead in the division at the All Star break and you have all these guys that are injured which makes it really interesting. It's not like you've had a great season and then you come back the next year with injuries. Next year, you're going to come back with Madrigal here, with Aloya Menez healthy, hopefully the whole year, with a Luis Robert healthy for the whole season. Who knows about the catching position? Are they still going to have Grandal? We don't know that. But another guy that's going to miss a big chunk of the season here and healthy. So they're kind of doing it in reverse. If they can win with all these injuries, then they're going to have such an influx of guys coming back next year. One other thing I wanted to bring up, because it is the All-Star break, and the White Sox have three pitchers going to the All-Star game with Rodon and with Lynn and with Liam Hendricks. The last time I grabbed the White Sox media guide, and it's it's hefty. It's a, it's a large one. Um, on the cover, it's got Giolito and Abreu and Keuchel and Robert with a gold glove and all this stuff. Tim Anderson with the uh, Silver Slugger Award. But I went back to look. When the last time the White Sox had three pitchers going to the All-Star game, and it was 2006, and the White Sox had seven All-Stars that year, the year after they won the World Series. They had Mark Burley, Jose Contreras, and Bobby Jenks. This year, you've got Rodon, and you have Lynn, and you have Hendricks. Now, the year before that, they had Garland and Burley in the All-Star game, okay? Um, Burley actually was a winning pitcher, so... Hopefully you have good things coming up. I kept saying, people said, when was the last time the Sox had this many good pitchers? You know, I'm an old guy. So I was going all the way back to uh, the early 60s. Juan Pizarro, Gary Peters, uh, Tommy John. Yeah, that's when, those were my pitchers. So don't go anywhere. We got Lucas Giolito going today against the Orioles. The White Sox looking to make it two straight over the O's, looking to make it. Uh, four straight victories as they take on the Orioles once again. Thanks a lot to Connor McKnight, who you'll hear in a second. Thanks to Tim Anderson. He's going to the All-Star game. And thanks for listening right here on ESPN 1000 and the White Sox Network.